0: I'm Eva Hartling, welcome back to The Brand is Female. This week, my guest is Marilyn Gagne, founder and president of Dermapure, Canada's leading network of high-end aesthetic medicine clinics. Marilyn launched Dermapure 13 years ago, growing the brand from a single clinic in Sherbrooke, Quebec, to a network of 68 clinics coast to coast, including through a recent merger. An industry pioneer who leads by example, Marilyn is aiming to redefine industry standards, challenging how we approach non-surgical practices and how these services get promoted to women, favoring responsibility and education around her concept of gym for the skin. This season of our podcast is brought to you by TD Women in Enterprise. TD helps women in business achieve success and growth through their educational workshops, financing, and mentorship programs. Visit thebrandisfemale.com slash podcast and follow the link to find out how TD can help. Marilyn Gagné founded Dermapure in 2009, drawing from her significant experience in the non surgical aesthetic medicine market. Her venture, along with her partners, has attracted the attention of power players including L'Oreal and the LVMH backed L Cataturn Fund, who have both invested in Dermapure's recent partnership. Here is our conversation. Marilyn, it's such a pleasure having you on The Brand is Female today. Thank you so much for making time to speak with me. Thanks to you. I'm very happy to be here. And this is, I was just telling you, you're one of our first interviews for the, for the new season in 2023, but I'm going to continue a tradition that we've had uh, since the start of this podcast, really. And I'd like to start these conversations by asking guests, when you were young, what kind of career did you envision for yourself? What kind of profession did you think you'd have later in life? And in your case, was it at all connected to what you're doing today or was it something completely different?
1: Um, I was not dreaming of something specific, but I was playing. I was a banker. So I was signing documents and my mom was working in a bank and bring me a lot of paper uh, to calculate, you know, when you sign in. So I was stamping, signing very young, like six, seven years old. I had a little desk in my room and I was playing as I was doing management and business. And then I, went to study fashion marketing you know i had an interest for for fashion i could tell uh, the part of it i like was again management and administration so more than fashion fashion it became more personal uh, a personal passion but i was uh, always interested in in management globally i was uh, leading different committee at school high school uh also president of uh, some committees. So I, I liked it. I liked always to uh, take decisions in need.
0: It, it's funny. I, I used to do that too. I was fascinated with like the office environment and like using, you know, all the, all the office supplies and, and organizing and agendas and things like that. So I, I, I can uh, I, I I relate to what you're saying, but so you were really a manager already uh, in, in in your heart <laughs> and mind. Um, yes. So tell me a little bit. You you studied fashion marketing. Did you think you'd have a career in fashion marketing, or what were the the few steps after your your studies in that field?
1: Yes, as as a student, I. Um I'm from up north, IBTB, so as a student, I was uh, going home in summer. I was a welder, uh, kind of a mechanic helper uh, in the pulp and paper industry. And this was helping me to pay uh, my study in fashion, so very diversified uh, (laughs) um, roadmap during that period. And in winter, I was working for Hugo Boss in Montreal, so, very high-end premium retail. Uh, so, during my study, I realized I, I liked very much, like, the management, as I said. But I I thought, oh, I cannot work full-time with 100% women talking about beauty. <laughs> and here, here I am today. But I thought, I thought fashion was, I don't know, first felt... Um, I, I would like to be in a domain that we go deeper in some aspects. So I decided to pursue my studies in at HSE in business and management. And I thought that I would keep fashion just for personal uh, passion because I thought mm-hmm. I couldn't stand talking about, you know, clothes and beauty and makeup all day long. <laughs> and, um, but I, that was my first perception,
0: but it pushed me to, uh to go further in my studies. Very interesting. Tell me, uh, did you have entrepreneurs around you, role models and maybe women entrepreneurs specifically, because, you know, and you you made a move, you came from uh, up, up north in, in Quebec, you talked about being from Abitibi. It's a big jump to, you know, uh, chasing your dream to become a, a business owner. So was it, was there somebody who was a source of inspiration for you, um, you know? any business people in your family, things like that?
1: Not much business people in my family. My father was a chemist uh, technician in pulp and paper. He was leading the his uh, office, his lab, labora- laboratory. Uh, but he was implicated in many things. He was uh, also a part-time fireman. He was a musician. He was a comedian. So writing his own script uh, for the city when they present a yearly uh, show. Uh, it's a very small city, wow. 3,000 3, people. So my father was kind of uh, very implicated in the community. So I think I saw the uh, initiative side, like creation is a lot mm. about my father. And my mother was doing um, uh, health care uh, for, for handicapped people. So very into caring, caring people. Uh, but I think uh, it's it's part of the process when you're from a very small city where you have no college, no university, nothing around 100 kilometers. Um, it's very far, Bay James territory. So I, th- I think the process of having courage to get out of this city by yourself, going to Montreal, mm-hmm. um, it's a big move. So you need to be independent, resilient and built your way because you moving you moving to a total different world you know when i got to montreal i was talking to everyone in the metro because i'm not used to the <laughs> so it was it was a, <laughs> very funny when i get in town
0: uh so you're the founder and the president of derma pure tell me how did the business start where did the idea come from and how did you make it happen
1: so Dermapure. Actually, I, I became um, I, I get into that domain. I was thirty. No, I was twenty-six years old in the um, aesthetic medicine domain. I was selling equipment for a Toronto uh, company, and I saw the opportunity to give more support to the doctors because uh, they were purchasing equipment from me: fillers, skincare. Uh, but they were so busy in the administration side, HR, marketing. And I thought also the patients deserve more information, more education. So I thought I could create this, this new concept. Doesn't mean it, it wasn't existing, but this new concept with where we celebrate beauty and health of the skin and surely creating an operational workflow that would support better the doctor, for them to concentrate on the patient uh, experience and patient treatments so that's how it started like i sold those machines uh, laser for acne pigment wrinkles uh, everything that exists almost uh, hair removal i was a provider uh, of all of this and also injectables mm-hmm. and i saw the opportunity to uh, to do uh, more like to offer more service and then I start the first dermature at 30 years old in Sherbrooke 30,
0: 14 years ago. Well, c- congratulations on on building that. Did you have a, kind of an inclination, an idea at that time how fast the industry would grow? Because the difference between 14 years ago and today, I mean, even when you when you were uh, working for you know a company supplying equipment yeah. and, and products, it was still just starting, right? It wasn't as common to be getting injections or other, other, you know, medical aesthetic procedures. Um, Did, was it just kind of following your intuition or did you have that's, you know, that certainty that the industry would grow so rapidly?
1: Yes. I had the certainty that it would become a commodity. So we were not there yet. All my clinics were second floor. Uh, We tried to hide and be very intimate but I got the feeling that it would become retail, that we would demystify. And I wanted to be part of this, uh, to be a vector of change, to make women feel less guilty to take care of their skin. And I went on TV for five years, morning shows and all that to educate, demystify, and make people feel good about it. Like uh, that's why we call it the gym for your skin. You train your body, you eat well, we take care of our hair, but we feel guilty to take care of our skin it's still taboo in some ways today, but we went through a a, a crazy acceleration uh, after I opened, I would say the third clinic, Uh, I saw the market uh, opening. We were very probably um, 10% of the market was uh, uh, used at that time. And now we, you know, we're getting closer to 60, 70%, but still there's some space it's growing. Because people feel now more and more comfortable to to take care of uh, themselves without
0: guilt, <laughs> and uh, and I want to come back to that because I think that philosophy is very interesting. Um, you rapidly grew. I mean, today Dermapure is literally from coast to coast, and um, you you have partners in in the business as well. Uh, on you know with uh, a partnership with Functional Lab, which I want to talk about. But how did you? How did you pursue growth? What were kind of the next steps after you opened that one clinic? What yes. kind of opportunities came your way?
1: Actually, the the phone was ringing from everywhere because I was on TV. Uh, I'm glad uh, the, the different TV uh, trusted me, uh, different TV shows uh, to have the chance to educate. So people were calling from Gatsno from Quebec City, and we were in Sherbrooke. And at that time, uh, people were coming from everywhere and we were offering hotel and, and restaurant uh, included in our service because uh, we knew people were traveling to us. Mm-hmm. So I thought, let's do it. Let's uh, open something in Quebec and see. So that was year three, two and a half. We opened Quebec and it was busy right away. Like the need was there. We purchased many billboards in Quebec City to say the gym for skin is now in town. I think the concept and the customer experience celebrating uh, the beauty and the health of the skin, but in a very, I would say professional classic way was reassuring a lot of uh, the women. Yes, we have some men 10%, 5 to 10%, but uh, normally it's more women coming to our clinics. But I think they they got a, a great feeling about the brand. And I think the brand is very important you decide what you want to share. It needs to be authentic. It needs to be a certain angle. And I think we got, uh, we, got we got that. Uh, that's my background finally at in my studies. I studied marketing and I think it's crucial to have the right message. Uh, so we opened in Quebec, same year, six months later, open in Montreal. And uh, that's how it started. Montreal, Sherbrooke, Quebec, um, before I met my partners so uh, I, I did it in about three years to open the first three clinics.
0: That's amazing! Very impressive. So I want to talk about that philosophy, the culture that you've really infused into your brand, and which is why it's a trusted brand, and so many consumers, you know, choose to to go to you. Um, and you've, you've made reference to the fact that you, you, you know, clinics used to be a little hidden away. People were not as comfortable being open about using medical aesthetic procedures. And I feel like that's changing, but we also know the dark side of the industry with young women. Teenagers even, uh, you know, in the spread of, of social media, TikTok filters and so on. So uh, young girls who are interested in, in getting treatments that they probably don't need at their age. So how do you reconciliate all of that? And how did you build that culture within your company, within your brand of responsibility towards all these elements?
1: Yes. So for us, it's always been very important that we concentrate where there are real needs, we don't want to create needs, so we never invest money under 35 years old, first of all. That was a principle we want to follow. And yes, social media, it's caring. I follow so many accounts, and I see what they're doing. And uh, I think our industry, sadly, like people try to be so competitive and spectacular. And we never wanted to be in this um, trend. Yes, we could have had more fans, showing off like uh, crazy things and very young people. And this it, this is definitely not our way. We are more into positive aging. I would say uh, half of my patients or or patients are true into menopause or right after menopause because this is a, a life-changing for women. Um, I think after 35 years old, you start having permanent wrinkles, your body went through sometime uh, maternity, you know, with, with some, uh, co- not complication, but some uh, effect of the maternity, you know, skin laxity and stretch mark, and sometime even acne for adult. you know, we treat that. So I think we wanted to position ourselves uh, to help where there's real needs. Um, is it possible we do uh, sometime reshape a nose or a chin on somebody who has, challenge with that yes but it's not what we want to promote we're not much into a uh, beautification as we we say like always 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 uh pursuing extreme beautification this is not us so i think our position is really about natural results uh i've been myself in the industry for 15 years i always try to keep a look very natural it is normal to have some uh, crease here and there like the, this is how we are built if we if we would treat every patient the same way uh, it would be very strange and we see this in uh, in some clinics and in the industry in general everybody looks the same i think at Dermapure we want this professional personalized approach uh, doctor for words so we have now 100 doctors and 70 clinics across Canada since the the great partnership we did but uh, I think this uh, line of conduct will be deployed across Canada um, and we see ourselves as a yes the largest now we see the largest premium network uh, probably even uh, we could see in the world as our partner I've just uh, <laughs> I just told us doesn't exist much a premium network. There's a lot of hair removal or small treatment network in the world in USA in different countries. So it comes with also a sense of responsibility uh, to lead the market uh, in the right way. Make sure our young uh, ladies or daughters like they are not. Uh, we don't create needs that they don't have. You know, you the self confidence, the self love is. Uh, the most important then as you age you know down the road you have kids you know like the skin is getting some some little wrinkles and pigments now you start working on it uh, and go back to preventive eventually so yes we're there for the young people with skincare prevention small facials but the anti-aging it's definitely for people who are aging (laughs) (laughs) not for 25 years old (laughs)
0: This season of The brenni's is Female is made possible with the support of TD Women in Enterprise, and they're about confidently building you. As a woman entrepreneur myself, I know I need all the support I can get. It takes sound advice, puts guidance to the right connections, tools, and resources. What's great about TD Services for Women in Business is their collaborative approach. TD can facilitate and connect you to workshops, coaching, and mentorship, and they engage other like-minded business leaders in an authentic way, so we can all share experiences and learn from each other. Either. TD Women in Enterprise has banking specialists who are able to be proactive in the advice and guidance they give to women in business. I want to ask you what you bring to the table as a leader. You have a large team now, you you know, you're traveling the, the country, always visiting clinics. What's something, you know, what, what are leadership skills that you think you bring to the table and that, you know, are part of what you've built as a culture?
1: I try to be, uh, and if if we talk about color, I'm a red yellow. So I I, I love to be with people. I love to take decisions for sure, but I want to share the vision, share the values with our people when they onboard our company. I'm so grateful. People work for us. They choose to stay for a long time. Now we have, we were 350 people, 350 people going on 700 altogether. My mission with our new partners, is definitely to uh, learn to know them, to understand what's important, how they treat patients, and, and give the vision to the entire group for them to, to deliver the best uh, treatment and the best approach to patients, and definitely to be in empowering our patients. Like It's going further than just inspiring, I would say, Every day, women walk to our clinics, and we have the chance, and we're grateful that they trust us, and we can have a diff- we can make a difference in their life, in their self-confidence. So this is key. I want to feel this uh, all across Canada and all our clinics. Uh, so I'm very sensitive to that. I visit the clinic, I talk with the team. Uh, I want to talk about the vision with them and help them to go into the action mode. So I love when people are into solutions. Uh, when you go to the president, you you cannot just ask for a brainstorm. Yes, sometimes, but I want people to take their own leadership and I really promote that internally. And yes, we have uh, probably 95% women as, as an employer. And I love to see women empower, being empowered, like taking charge, uh, using their own leadership. Uh, the, giving the example to the others. So for me, it's a horizontal type of management. Um, it's very important. Everybody's uh, equal for me. Everybody brings something to that success, to that recipe. And even more like uh, at the front line, when we answer the phone, you know, it's the first contact. And I have people there, two teams, one for booking efficiently, but also a team to listen, to discuss, to demystify about all the treatments we have. So our our approach always been about caring, kindness, and that's leading uh, the way for us. And I I hope I'm doing a good job on that side and that I can inspire and encourage our team to do their best for the patients.
0: You've recently announced a very important transaction um, where you're merging with um, with uh, a division that was previously attached exactly to a different company who has a, a strong presence out West. So through that transaction, you're now becoming uh, really the leader in the industry. so the the branded name for uh, medical aesthetic services with the largest footprint in Canada. Um, and that's that's really amazing to be uh, to be able to reach that point. what What are some of the lessons, some of the toughest things you've learned along the way, maybe things that you could not have foreshadowed would, would happen?
1: Oh as an entrepreneur when I did my startup I had no advisors so uh lawyers fiscalists uh, I think for all entrepreneur at the beginning you need to be surrounded by a great team uh we should never put this on the side uh team first like for me today I'm I'm there to support the team I feel the first years you're driving the train and you're fighting and you have you know Against everything, and it comes to a time you feel the energy changing, and it's the the strength of the group, of the team. It's the power of the team. Like it, it's just um, it just brings you, you know. Like it, it's moving. Like it's the the. I keep telling everyone like, Dermapure. It's not me. It's all of you every day. Like yes, it's me, but it's not only me. It's and us as executive leader we're there to support. And uh, I think the thinking you're gonna get far and successful alone, it's impossible. And many mm-hmm. leaders who are strong and directive and control freak a little bit, like they forget about the team. So they will get there a lot slower, even they think they can do everything. So I'm a, I'm a team player. I love to um, initiative. We always recognize initiative and I surrounded myself with stronger people in different dom- domains. That's why we were fast because my actual partner, Francis and Eric, uh, with who we built and Roger in, in skincare, we built Functional Lab Group fast because we were trusting each other in all our silos and we were, um, you know, we were not into control. So that helped us to grow really fast. And then having a new partner again that we trust uh, for their values uh, makes a a huge difference. It's very important to trust and and, uh, trust meaning let go. You need to let go some part that you were always managing yourself. So to be quick and efficient and successful, it's for me it's team, it's trust. And all this, yes, being fast and efficient, performant, but being kind very important. So keeping this elegance at work, it's very important. Mm-hmm. The way we communicate, even we are many uh, leaders now, uh, makes a difference. We need to respect each other. Even we don't think the same all the time. So that that makes a difference. So I think we were efficient, creative, a bit, um, a bit na- naive and candid because we're like, let's try, <laughs> let's try. So when you try a lot, you fail sometimes, but you're definitely faster because you try.
0: Yeah, and you learn
1: from those mistakes. Yes.
0: What are things that are on the you know on on the goal list for 2023? What are the next stages in growth for the company, but also maybe some personal goals that you set for yourself?
1: Uh, it's gonna be probably one of the biggest year of my. Uh, history with Dermapure, I believe, because uh, doubling the size, it's, it's big. Um, meeting those 38, 40 new clinics, you know, going on the road, I'm going to be on the road a lot. So it's a year of, yes, uh, building relationship for sure, uh, presenting uh, the best practice both sides. Uh, every time we do a partnership, we look at the best practice uh, Dermapure—it's a constant into uh, evolution, innovation. It might scares at first, or new partners saying, "Oh, I'm gonna become something I don't know," you know, in each city. But they yeah. will—we uh, will together build uh, the future of Dermapure. It's the only the second chapter, as I like to say. So it's gonna be a year of standardization, system in place, uh, building relations and uh, on the second half of the year, we'll start revamping clinics. So that's exciting for our partners also. Uh, Yes, it's a new brand, but when it's support by the doctor name, you know, uh, making the founder forward in that transition, uh, they all become little shareholders of this uh, beautiful brand also. So I love the fact people, um, the new partners have skin in the game uh, at different Mm -hmm. level but I want them to empower themselves and be implicated, engaged in building the the future of this, uh, I would say, international brand. My goal is, our goal is definitely to be in different countries and cities in the world and building a great, uh, strong uh, foundation in 2023 will be key to help us, uh, you know, eventually move to USA uh, in the, very soon in the in, in the in the year to come, probably uh, starting USA. Uh, so that's um, a big year. We have a hundred days planned for all emergencies to manage the most urgent cases. Uh, goes from HR to marketing realignment. Uh, many many things under construction. So for me, it's exciting. Uh, it's a new energy. I feel almost the same that when it was a startup. Mm-hmm. because there's so much to do and I see the team growing and be, being so competent that I'm excited for them to be able to accomplish themselves in 2023. We always have a thematic. So 2023, it's going to be, uh, we shine bright. Uh, we shine bright like uh, on each other. We shine bright kindly into uh, this transition. We shine bright on patience, And I think it, on patients, we make that difference. You know, we make them feel good, not just look good. So I think it's um, it's going to be a great thematic people will embrace. We're going to launch that mid-February um, with the kickoff uh, meeting. So I think all those action, communication, um, thematic, making sure we meet our people, all those actions are are. My mission, I think, you know, as a president, mm-hmm. I want everybody to to know more, what they are getting into and get them excited to um, empower each other and grow uh, this great brand.
0: What's a personal goal you've set for yourself, something that you want to accomplish or work on more from a, a personal standpoint? It's really about
1: getting trust, like uh, all new partners, they don't know me. So if in December 2020, 20- 23, I feel I gained the trust and I built relation with all the doctors across Canada who have founded uh, their own practice. Uh, you know, there's always uncertainties, but globally, if I feel in 12, month, 12 months, I made that happen, uh, it will be, uh, I would say it would be a successful year because it's all about people. Hmm. If, if I cannot get that trust, you know, it's a challenge at every level. So that's my personal goal, being on the road, getting the trust of my
0: new partners. So what would be the three things you'd recommend to a woman entrepreneur, somebody who wanted to follow in your footsteps, maybe similar industry, maybe it's di- different. What are three things that you would you would advise on? Empower people
1: uh, surrounding you. Accept that you're gonna um, disturb.
0: Mm. That's a good one.
1: Yeah. Like I, I, I think uh, sometimes we're like, oh, I don't want to, you know, like you cannot please everyone. So uh, I'm, I'm, I'm somebody who care. And at the beginning it was hard to see I don't please everyone. But you want to be a leader. You want to, you know, um, uh, pave the way. You're gonna disturb around. So accept it. It's okay. Uh, keep it calm at home with your friends with your loved ones but in business you need to be in movement and take actions mm-hmm. and uh the third one would be probably uh, take actions because everybody mm-hmm. have ideas uh, but it's it's tough to do the move and i I would encourage people to dare. There uh, to do the move. And there's a session I'm giving called um, dare to light the fire. I think as entrepreneur, we are there to light the fire and trust our team to feed the fire as the oxygen of this fire. So we cannot do everything, step back. <laughs> it's a fourth one, step back, go at the balcony, <laughs> And, and look look at the show you're building because uh, if, you have, if you are too close into details, you wanna show people how to do everything, you're gonna miss the big picture. So your first mission should be to light the fire back up and go light another fire in another department, like stimulate your team, that's the best you can do. So the day you become too serious and you just manage problems, then you don't do your mission as an entrepreneur. That's my point of view. And we lose what we add, the sacred fire at the beginning, because we deal with so many things, the bank, the finance, like uh, the recessions coming, like many different things could put us down. Mm -hmm. We need to get up next day, light the fire. In every meeting we go, that's our, I would say that's the first mission for all of us there to light the fire.
0: I love that. Thank you so much for sharing your wisdom uh, with us and uh, congratulations for everything you've accomplished. Very excited to see what the new year brings. And thank you for making time to speak with me today. Thank you,
1: Eva. It's a pleasure. It's a great, great podcast. And I think uh, you empower women. The brand is female. I love it.
0: (laughs) (laughs) Thank you so much. Thank you. Thank you to TD Women and Enterprise for their support of The Brand is Female. You've got it in you to succeed. Let TD help guide you. Visit thebrandisfemale.com slash podcast and click on the TD logo. Thank you for listening today. If you did enjoy the show, don't forget to leave a review and subscribe so you don't miss any episodes. Thank you so much for listening to a podcast by The Brand is Female. I'm Ava Hartling and this episode was produced by our team. Sound Engineering by Isabel Morris. Research and production support Claire Miglionico.